Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free to 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Luther. All right. And, of course, you can bring up anything you want. That is the point of the program. Now, we were talking before the show, and I figured we needed to actually have this conversation on the air, about the Occupy fill-in-the-blank. The protests sure. are going around, uh, spreading throughout the country, allegedly throughout the globe. I think I've heard. but the, the liberal version of the Tea Party, basically. Some say, yeah, that's pretty much an accurate statement. Others say not so much. Sure. Um, but it certainly is, from a very far back perspective, the same sort of idea. The Tea Partiers were very upset about a variety of things, and they hit the streets. And these folks in the Occupy movement are upset about a variety of things, and they hit the streets. Uh, so that's, I would say, the similarity uh, between the two. And they're fairly large, uh, and uh, they're popular as compared to, say, some other protests in the past that have just kind of been one-offs and then gone away, like a million mom march on the, the you know, the Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. uh, the mall there or something like that. So there's definitely something different about this. I mean, it's different from the Tea Party in that it's not just a a one-off thing. It's not a one afternoon and then everybody goes home and waits six more months and then comes out again. Uh, at least in New York City, they're continuing. Uh, what are the other cities doing? I don't really know. Maybe if you've been there, you can fill us in. Are they still active in Philadelphia on a daily basis, uh, Boston? I get the int- impression that they are, but I haven't had time to look into it. I have some friends that have been going every weekend and... I mean, they're going on like Thursday, Friday, to Saturday um, in Boston. Boston, okay. So I would imagine that they're going on. I'm sure they dwindle, obviously. They're probably the biggest on the weekends, but right. but there's still some scragglers out there. So I showed up last night at the Occupy Keen uh, organizational meeting, or what they call a general assembly, which I guess is where they... Uh, they do some sort of organization. They come up with ideas and plan meetings and, and that sort of thing. So it's not the actual Occupy protest. It's planning for the protest and or whatever you want to call this. I, pre- I presume that people are calling these protests demonstrations, perhaps. Uh, so to plan for the demonstration was the first one, uh, to my knowledge. And it uh, it took place at a park. It was getting dark out at the time that it happened. Uh, mosquitoes were coming out, but yet people managed to stay there for over a good hour. Uh, it was, I would say, mostly as expected to be a liberal uh, bunch of folks. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, it was mostly a meeting to schedule another meeting for the most part. Uh, people were able to kind of introduce themselves and uh, talk about briefly why they were there. I did not introduce myself. I arrived a little bit, like about a half an hour late. And so I just, I just wanted to listen. And if I had been asked who I was, I would have simply said, I'm, you know, I'm Ian Freeman. I'm here to, uh, to listen. Because I want to know what, you know, what are these people thinking? What are they looking to do? What do they want to achieve? Mm-hmm. Um, so, there sure, was, before you jump right in and, you know, pick well, up the flag or... Well, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not going to try to take anything over or anything like that. No, I mean, not, I mean, before you throw your hat in and... Be, and yeah, I mean, I'm interested in helping in, in whatever way possible. It's sure, certainly but you, a, you want more information is kind of what I'm getting at. Right, it's certainly something that is clearly against the status quo, uh, and I'm fairly certain that it's a bunch of disparate people that don't you know viewpoints that Mm -hmm. uh, that they're not they're not all melded together on the same they don't agree on everything and so i don't know where this is going to go right but i i'm interested in being involved because i'm an activist and that's what i do uh so the most interesting part of last night was this woman who was 
very pushy, who had showed up from, I think, Amherst, somewhere near Boston, apparently, I guess. Okay. And she, at one point, claimed she worked for the New York Times, and she, her, her basic intention was to try to take over the meeting. And she had shown up, and her she was just this kind of blustering woman who uh, just kind of kept interrupting. Uh, and essentially, her purpose was to try to take control. She was complaining when she was shut down; like she would try to talk, but people would say, "Well, well you need to wait your turn." And uh, so she was she would complain. And she would say, "Well, look, I've only been organizing for seventy years." So she was trying to position herself as this. How long- old was she? She was exaggerating. She probably couldn't have been more than 55. Okay, I was going to say 70 years of organizing organized Wall Street, huh? No, so she's just saying she's an old school uh, protester. She's been she's been doing this for a long time, so we should listen to her. Sure. And had she not been so pushy about it, maybe she would have gotten somewhere. But yeah, uh, pretty not much, the best salesperson. Yeah, pretty much the entire group of people was not really too interested. In Especially her. if you don't live in Keene. I mean, really, you're going to come from right. Amherst and try to try to uh, take over Keene. <laughs> <laughs> our meeting by being rude and pushy. Don't yeah. occupy Amherst. And at one point, uh, after people discussed the the fact that there's there's a Facebook group for this Occupy uh, event, which, of course, is a great way for people to communicate and to uh, to organize things. This woman pipes up at one point and uh, starts to promote her own website. Now, I don't know if she owns the site or what her interest is in it, but uh, she's, well, you can get a free listserv if you go to you know this site. I'm not, I don't even know what it was. I wouldn't say it again on the air if I if I did. But it was like she was trying to convince people to eschew Facebook in favor of some obscure organizational website that no one had ever heard of. So she tries to push that on uh, on the group at one point, and then hmm. before she leaves, she again mentions the website and pushes that again uh, for the idea of well, you know, you can use Facebook, but you could have a free listserv if you go to this website and some other kid uh, another guy in the group pipes up and says well facebook's free too <laughs> like she had she had absolutely nothing with which to entice offer, yeah. or to uh, to offer this uh, this group of people <laughs> so apparently the national occupy day uh, from what i understand is going to be the 15th so coming up on saturday uh, all, all across the country there will be more occupy events than have been thus far apparently so uh, they're working towards uh, creating that. There's likely something near your area. I don't know where you go to look for information about this. I got Facebook. Some, some propaganda. <laughs> Facebook probably would work. Actually, I heard that the Wikipedia page is very good for uh, for the Occupy movement. Hmm. Uh, but Julia, you seem a little upset about uh, some of the things you've observed about oh, this. I wouldn't say upset is. I, I'm irritated because I. It, it seems to me that the majority of the young people that I see speaking out and I mean, I could be wrong, but just speculating, it seems like a younger person's movement or at least like maybe it's just because all my friends that are going and posting about it on Facebook are younger. I'd say it was so about that's half young, younger people, about half, Keen. like 30 to 50. Right. So it seems to me that all they care about is not having college loans. And I just I, I mean, today I was. At, at, on break at my job, I was surfing the web and I found this. We are the 99% Tumblr, which is like a blog site where you can host a okay. free blog. And it was anyone can go on and they can share their story of why they're the 99% and why you should feel sorry for them. And almost every single one of them said something like, I'm 27 years old. I have $60,000 in college debt. Now, 
It's not my fault that you have $60,000 in college debt. You can get college cheaper. If you think that college is the way to go, you don't have to spend $60,000. You're right. And it's not like they you know, were forced to go to college. And it's not like Wall Street put all this debt on them. They accumulated this debt themselves. Yeah, I don't really understand Wall Street's involvement at all. If someone could please call up and tell me why. Well, the banks are evil. Right. They got a handout. So now they don't want to pay, these college kids but don't want to pay for their debt. Out? They want their own handout so you know they don't have to pay their debt. Well, it's, it would only be fair, right? I mean that's what their <laughs> that's their viewpoint, isn't it? I mean that uh, and and I agree that it was not right for the federal first of all it's not right for the government to exist, but it does. And so it's not right it's for, not them for them to hand billions of dollars, print out uh, trillions mm-hmm. of dollars and hand it to their friends in the banks. So from that perspective they're correct in that complaint. Uh, but essentially their solution is well now that they got theirs we should get ours. Right. right? Because that money just comes from thin air, of course. Well, they could. Yeah. Mean, they could print a whole bunch of money out, just like they did with the banks, and inflate the money supply and pay a bunch of people's college loans off. And, and as a result but of that, we'd that, have hyperinflation. I wonder what that, what that number would be if they were to pay, relieve every American of I their college no debt. I mean, it would just be enormous. It'd be significant inflation. I don't know if it'd be hyperinflation. But, uh, more coming up here with your thoughts. Welcome. Uh, have you been to one of these Occupy uh, protests, demonstrations? Maybe one of the organizational meetings. How difficult was that to deal with? Because uh, it was exactly what I had expected it to be, which was kind of this you know, this democratic decision-making consensus uh, process, which, of course, is, is relatively slow and, and plotting. Uh, so it'll be interesting to continue to attend these and see what happens. 855-450-FREE. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes feed the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Julia. And Luther. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. There are lots of features there, and we give them to you free, including the webcam. You can go watch, listen, and interact because the chat room is built into the same page as the webcam. And it's all over at cam.freetalklive.com. Totally free. That's cam dot freetalklive.com want to also tell you about the free state project your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime is to get together with others who think like you and i mean others not just like some random group of people that kind of think like you on some things like you might find at one of these uh, occupy fill in the blank protests i mean people who get it when it comes to the ideas of liberty who are very principled in the application of those ideas. Uh, The liberty-minded people getting together all in the same place to get active to achieve 
freedom in our lifetime. That's the best plan for freedom, in my opinion. And I think you guys agree. That's why sure. we all moved here to New Hampshire. Sure. I mm-hmm. wouldn't have picked up my life and uh, came here if I didn't believe that. Yeah, exactly right. Because uh, it's cold up here sometimes. <laughs> it's getting cold now. Yeah. Oh, it's so nice right now. No, it really is. This it's is a the, really yeah, beautiful the, week. The, the nice part before the, the frigid and the, the falling white stuff. It's unseasonably warm, as they say. That's uh, true. That's true. But uh, anyway, it's beautiful here, but the most amazing part about being in New Hampshire is being around other people that get it when it comes to uh, freedom. So go to freestateproject.org to learn more about that. Freestateproject.org, because your movement has to have more to it than a protest. Sure. Protests sure. We, don't do We've got anything. a home base here. Right. You've got to have more than just protests. You've got to have political action. You've got to have civil disobedience, uh, non-cooperation, outreach. Right, right. Uh, uh, market alternatives, creating those. Uh, creating it's media a, yeah, as well. Yeah, media, you know. So whether you're creating a gray market or uh, alternative currencies or something, some way to get around the system uh, that exists now, I'd say, is a good idea. Protests have some of those elements. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, sure. you know, that protest, protest essentially is an outreach event. Uh, when you're holding signs, when you're waving at people that are driving by, the idea is to reach them with a message, hit them with a website, give them a flyer, get them some more information, get them intrigued, pique their interest in whatever it is you're out there to promote. So that's the purpose of a protest. Ultimately, though, protests don't generally lead to much change. In most cases, there probably are some exceptions to that rule. Uh, I think it was Alexander Haig who's famous for saying, uh, let them protest so long as they pay their taxes. So... Mm. <laughs> That's one of the things that's frustrating about watching people go and do these things is they never seem to really lead to anything. Right. Uh, you know, the people might come out and, uh, you know, show their support for a while and then the numbers might kind of dwindle as it gets a little colder out yep. or whatever, what have you. And people start to go home and, and, you know, yeah, they made a big stink about everything. But did they change anything? It might help a politician or two who comes out and tries to lead a parade. So, like, if a protest gets big enough, like the Tea Party, or in this case, this uh, these protests, mm-hmm. politicians will inevitably start to uh, kind of meander around, and uh, you know, they'll glad hand, and they'll uh, they'll they'll talk to people, and they'll try to to recruit the protesters into their campaigns, and essentially attempt to benefit from the activists that are excited and want to do something. So they'll pander to them. Well, I I agree with you, protesters. If you'll just vote for me or help me out with my campaign, then we'll uh, give you all the college loans for free, or whatever it is. They'll say whatever <laughs> they they'll say whatever they need to in order to uh, to get the assistance. Sure, so it sure. could benefit politicians, I think. But in the long run, as far as it benefiting freedom, any kind of protesting, I just don't know. I don't know about that. Let's go to you and your thoughts, uh, Joshua, listening in Tulsa. Joshua, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, hey. Uh, Stephanie, I think you had asked what the number would be if they were to pay off all those college loans, right? Julia is on the show tonight. Stephanie hosts Sunday nights. But Julia is here. Oh, Julia. Hi. Uh, I've heard Julia on the show. Sorry. That's okay. Over the radio, the difference in voices didn't come through. I don't know. But you're great, too, Julia. I love Thank your you. hosting. Um, and before that, you had asked, how does Wall Street come into it anyway? Did I yeah. get that right? Okay. Um, according to another GCN show, Alex Jones... If they had paid off all the student loans, mortgages, car loans, and credit card debts, that would equal the amount that they gave them in the bailout. Wow. Which was like $13.5 trillion, something like that. I haven't been keeping track. It's a lot of money. Well, it, it is, but see if they had done it that way. Instead of just handing over the money, say, well, okay, I tell you what, we'll pay everybody's debts in America, and we'll hit the reset button on the economy. Right? If they had done that... 
that would have been really cool. But Except it really wouldn't hit the reset button on the economy because it would inflate the money supply, um, as it has done. But nonetheless, I can see what you're saying is that uh, relieving personal debts would be, if you're going to do some sort of meddling, maybe that would be preferable to uh, p- puffing up the big banks. I, I see well, where you're coming from yeah. with that. I don't agree with either of them. But, and, and certainly the little people don't have the political pull it takes to make something like that ever happen. So it's really nothing more than pie-in-the-sky fantasy. That's true. Now, but this is where Wall Street comes in. Uh, there actually have been leaders in countries who did cool stuff like that for their citizens, and Muammar Gaddafi and Adolf Hitler come to mind, believe it or not. But um, Wall Street has this... It's such a revolving door with Washington, it's practically a career path, Julia. Uh, like Tim Geithner used to be, I think, Goldman Sachs, and he actually wrote the TARP bill that was the original big bailout when George W. Bush came out and announced, there's a freeze-up in the credit markets. We have to have this or the world's going to end. When, in fact, at that moment that he said that, banks were lending to each other and businesses and consumers at record rates. He created that crunch just by announcing that it existed. And the, you know Tim Geithner had already written this law before he made that announcement to have Henry Paulson put it into place. And which one was Henry Paulson? Was he Goldman Sachs? Hell if I know. They're all a bunch of political names to me. Well, Henry Paulson was Treasury Secretary before Geithner, and I believe he was uh, on the directors, board of directors of either Goldman Sachs or Morgan. I mean, he was he was right up there. Sure, uh, sure. Wall Street before he went to Washington, and then he went back to whichever of those companies. Yeah, I mean, you see this when it comes to the, the Department of Homeland Security, the old Department of Homeland Security, the Skeletor guy. Uh, he, when he retired, he went into some sort of private security fund or whatever, or or firm rather, and ended up getting the contract for this, uh, the the scanner machines they've got yeah. in the yeah, right, that's right. scanning machine. Right, yeah. I, I believe the yeah. the head of FEMA did after Katrina as well. He, he got, went into consulting, consulting, think, right, for was. FEMA, and got exactly. paid, you know, oh, yeah. so Michael much more Brown. and a huge pension. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Joshua, thanks for the info, man. Appreciate hearing from you at eight five five four fifty free. That's one eight five five four five zero three seven three three. I definitely, I mean, I don't claim to be knowledgeable about that sort of thing at all. Um, it just doesn't interest me, so I don't spend any time really learning about it. I know you mean the who's the who's yeah, who of like Washington? I know about I know yeah. the basics about the bailouts. I know that I believe that it's morally wrong and that it's causing all kinds of problems, but I don't care to delve into it. He right. certainly was much more knowledgeable about it uh, than I. I'm more concerned about what's happening here in New England as opposed to what's going on in Washington. I mean, obviously, what's happening in Washington affects us here just because we're politically tied to them uh, by force. But um, I'm more concerned on what happens in my community. I think other people should be concerned about what happens in their community and not what happens in somebody a thousand miles away's community. Well, unfortunately, as long as people a thousand miles or two thousand miles away are controlling others' lives, people will be concerned about what they do. Sure. Because they're too afraid to say, no, I'm not going to go along with this anymore. If everybody would just say, screw you to Washington, D.C., then we wouldn't have to care anymore. And I really would like that. one 450 free You take control. Bring up what you want. Comments on Occupy, fill in the blank, or whatever. All around the world, people are achieving success and making their dreams come true. You can be one of them. Whether it's wealth, happiness, business, or relationships, the only thing keeping you from achieving your goals is the desire to be successful and the know-how to achieve it. At AllSuccessClub.com, you'll find the information you need to succeed from those who've already achieved it. Set your life on the path to success now at AllSuccessClub.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want at 1-855-453. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Luther. We invite you to the website at freetalklive.com. We've got archives, a whole lot of them. Going back all the way to 2006, you go, click and download. They're yours for free over at freetalklive.com. Dot com. Now, Ruger has some exciting new offerings for this model year. The LC9 is a new, slightly larger cousin to the very popular LCP. It's compact, has numerous safety features, three-dot sight system, and Ruger always has and always will mean rugged. The Ruger LC9, the next handgun you must own. Made in America and made for you. Ruger.com. We started out the show talking about, and I think we're going to continue because this is... This is big news. This uh, this Occupy Wall Street that has blown up into Occupy Boston and Philly and all kinds of uh, places all around the country. It's going to be spreading even further this week, uh, even here to our very own little Keene, New Hampshire. There's an Occupy Manchester. Uh, so last night was the very first meeting that uh, that had occurred. And interestingly, there was this woman there who was basically trying to take it over. Now, when I went over to the Facebook uh, group for Occupy Keen, somebody had pointed that out, and apparently this has been a problem at other protests, where these basically these strangers, who aren't necessarily from the area, will just kind of show up and uh, just bust their way in and try to essentially take over a meeting. Huh. And it's just really weird. It's I don't know who they're working for or what their intention is or if she's just some random crazy lady who or eccentric who's just just that's just the way she is. Is she under orders or is that just who she is and what she does? Uh, she came in basically saying that uh, she's got so much experience at organizing, so we should all listen to her. Uh, but essentially, she was like a rambling uh, person who couldn't really focus her, her thoughts very effectively. And mm. that's what leads me to believe she might just be a little uh, nuts instead of just kind of following orders. Yeah, that sounds uh, more plausible to me, I think. If she was someone who was following orders, uh, you know, it, it would probably be, be in her best interest to kind of, you know, get in with the group first and mm-hmm. then start, you know, making moves. Yeah, she didn't do a very good job at, no. at that if that was her intention. So uh, so people are organizing things for Saturday. Uh, the Occupy events continuing. Certainly interested in your perspective uh, and your observations. And, and Julia, you're frustrated with a lot of what you've heard from some of the people that might be attending these uh, protests or sympathetic with them in that the, it seems like they all are just a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them are looking for uh, a handout, that they made a mistake, they went to school, they paid too much money to go to school, they've got buyer's remorse now, they've mm-hmm. realized that uh, whatever, maybe their degree is useless because they got a degree in the trumpet, uh, or, you know. Uh, psychology. English. Yeah, uh, yeah. literature. um Philosophy, communications, anthropology. Uh, so they they get some sort of useless degree, business, tens of thousands of dollars on it, and now have to pay back this loan. And so buyers are more setting in. Oh my God, what was I thinking? Why did I do that? Maybe someone, maybe the government can make it right. Maybe they can just wipe away it all. In fact, when I was sitting at the, there was like a meeting after the meeting for more of the organizer types. I, I went to that too. And that was where there was more of an open discussion where you could hear some of the complaints that uh, some people had. And it was certainly posited that it just isn't fair. Some of the, one, one of the people said, some of the most successful people I know didn't even finish high school. 
And I just thought that was an interesting statement, right? Because if you get out of the school system and can actually begin building skills for yourself Mm -hmm. and can start going off in whatever direction it is that calls you in life, then by the time your friends who went to college get out of college, you've got five, maybe six years of work experience built up on them. Sure, sure. I have a friend who's, uh, I think he's in graduate school now for inorganic chemistry. And, you know, he's never really had a job except when we were in high school and he worked at the, the food stand in the flea market. Uh, but, you know, and I, I've done so many things. and I've been working for 10 years now, I realize, you know, mm-hmm. and I've done everything from every position in a restaurant you could possibly hold to machine repair, you know, and sales. I've, I've done retail. I've done everything. And maybe that's well, not, not everything. But. Maybe those things aren't what you, you know, want to do for a long term. Sure, sure. But and it absolutely builds not. skills nonetheless. Yeah, in that it gives, you builds a work ethic cust- as well. Work yeah. ethic, interacting with customers, interacting with management. Interacting with machinery. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that was one of my biggest complaints is I mentioned earlier, I was looking at a, a blog. Um, it was called We Are the 99%, one of the, one of the Tumblr websites and almost all of them were a complaining about school loans and b they were they said things like i'm 27 years old and when i get out of college i'm gonna have to get a job as a waitress Mm -hmm. they said things like that well you know if you were working while you were going to college you would probably be better off than a lot of these people who just expect that because they have a college degree they get out and your dream job is just here waiting for you you have to work at right. it. Right. As long as you have the degree, you can get the job. Yep. Yeah. So that was part of what uh, one of the people said last night was that they were frustrated that they had gone through all this schooling and that they paid all this money and that they can't find work in the you know the, the path, the career path that they had hoped to. And it's frustrating to them that well, uh, that everybody else is working and they didn't have to go to college or, or whatever. And, and so they want their college loans uh, paid off. But that's not really fair to the people that didn't go to college, is it? I mean, if all the people who uh, got their college loans paid off get them, if this happens, and it's probably not going to happen. But if they do get their college loans paid off, that's not really very fair to the people if who... If you get your college loans paid off, can I just get like that chunk of change, right? So you get, get $60,000, I'll just take the yeah. cash. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't have that much <laughs> debt. Can I just, yeah... Write me a check and that's a great point. we're good to go. Now, that would be fair, too, right? Sure, if they're going to sure. cut checks to everybody that went to college, then they should cut checks to everybody. But then, of course, we know what happens if they do these things is uh, the, you know, the value of money just drops and sure. prices go up. So then all of a sudden, overnight, you've got $6 gas instead of $3 gas. Or yeah. tw- Something you know. else to complain about. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, they can fix that by having a $20 an hour minimum wage for everybody, right? Uh, it's yeah, the same so that, problem. Yeah, so that everything can now cost $20 an hour more to produce. You know, when after we did that show, for those listening who don't know what I'm talking about, uh, we, last, week's, last right. week on Monday we talked about their list of proposed demands, and they were ludicrous, and the first one on the list was a $20 minimum wage for everybody and when i went home i was kind of reading like a little bit about it just because i thought it was funny and i looked at the list on the posting and i looked at some of the comments and people are not taking that well like even people who would be on your side like are for raising the minimum wage they all thought it was so ridiculous that they're they were calling you know you're ruining the movement how could you be they said twenty dollars so, was too high right right I mean they had all they they thought ten dollars you know that was fine but but uh, people thought that the list of demands was so ludicrous that even people that would have been on their side were like get out of here where with did that. I hear I don't know if it was you that told me this but I thought I thought part of that demand I haven't read it so maybe I just misunderstood 
But I thought part of that demand was that everybody should have a living wage even if they're not working. Correct. That was yeah, another. regardless of your job. <laughs> and, and so I decided that if that happens, I'm just going to go out and become a, uh, a perverted ukulele player. And like I'll sing dirty <laughs> limerick songs and, and I'll get $20 an hour. It's a whole lot better than cooking food for $9 an hour. Yeah, no doubt about it. Sure. Right. So. I mean, at that point in time, let's just all quit our jobs. <laughs> Why work? How's that going to work out? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'll have a job. I don't know what you're talking about, Julia. I'll be a well, dirty ukulele. Is going to wave their magic wand, and they are just <laughs> going to give these things to us. Yeah, I think this is all very interesting to observe. And as I said, I'm interested in participating up to a certain point. Uh, I, I, I don't think these people are bad people. I think that uh, they have their hearts in the right place. A lot right. of them. I think they. Many of them have identified serious problems with what's going on in this country. It's just that most people, whether we're talking about Tea Partiers or we're talking about the Occupy folks, uh, they don't understand that force isn't going to solve their problems. That's that's the factor that they just don't they don't comprehend. And I did watch the Adam versus the Man video. Yeah. Uh, with the the pompous. <laughs> uh, I love that video. Sweater tied around his neck, kind of guy. Sure, uh, sure. Uh, who, well, the yeah. way he says it just cracks me up. I've watched it like ten times. Just that frame where he's well. I, if they did it my way. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think what would have been hilarious if Adam would have like went like he was going to take a swing at him and the guy would have flinched and then he could have been like, okay, that's what people feel when you steal from them to pay for your, your projects, whatever they are. You know, That's what they experience, that emotion. If you don't like it yourself, why do you like doing that to other people? He probably would have called the cops. <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, that's so what the government's for. one 450 free 855-450-3733, which is what he said. Yes, uh, I know. That's admit that government is violence. Right. That government is the tool to force people to bend to your will. Yeah. Uh, so it's you know it's refreshing when you hear uh, hear little tyrants admit those sorts of things. Usually they try to cover it up. Oh, he was quite cheery about it. One eight five five four fifty three. Well, he knows what's best. We're coming up. You take control. Free talk live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. gold.freetalklive.com this is free talk live bring up what you want dial in toll free 855-450-FREE that's 1-855-450-3733 and we'll take your calls about anything it doesn't have to be about the occupy fill in the blank uh protests that are going on around the country and will apparently be escalating uh throughout the week now, I don't mean escalating in a violent manner. I, it's my understanding that most of these are peaceful events and that people are focusing on remaining peaceful. I've heard some violence from the, the cops. Police. Yeah. Uh, I've heard about the Tony Baloney story. I heard about that one when I was <laughs> Tony in jail. Tony Baloney. That's a funny name. This is the, the cop that came and pepper sprayed a group yeah. of peaceful people in, in New a York few, City. A few groups of people. Like he did really? really? Yeah. There are videos of him doing it at least twice that I've seen. Incredible. Yeah, and apparently he's uh, he's one of the higher ups as well, which just goes to show that corruption does tend to rise yeah. through the ranks of the police departments. You know, our uncle actually is a cop in New York City. I know. I I I, I have no idea what he thinks about all this. I haven't talked to him in years, really. Uh, we saw him in June, but that was it. Yeah, July, I guess we saw him. Yeah. Anyway. I, 
So, uh, so your experiences certainly are welcome at one eight five five four fifty free. Also, some of the people at these events are friendly towards a certain man that you might know as Ron Paul, and if you've heard, Ron Paul is a top tier candidate. I couldn't believe it when I heard this. I, I get out of jail and they're telling me Ron Paul is like finishing in the top three in, in sure, polls sure. nationwide. Well, for a while, the uh, mainstream media wasn't talking about it. They would be like, there's a top tier, and it seems to be Bachman, Romney, and whoever. Someone else. Yeah. And like they would just, like, you'd see the, the list, and it would, Ron Paul would be up there near the top, and they would just kind of like not mention him each time. It's really just pathetic how they do that. And so there's a plan on October 19th where freedom lovers everywhere intend to create a ripple in politics so big that no media outlet will be able to ignore it. You can join the fight for liberty and freedom at blackthisout.com that's blackthisout.com to help uh, fight the media blackout on ron paul's campaign so again that's october 19th blackthisout.com it's going to be the next big ron paul money bomb like they had the one that did 20 million dollars in one day last year that's what they're attempting to emulate uh this time around so blackthisout.com Talking about the Occupy uh, protests, I went to an Occupy meeting uh, last night, uh, the very first one for Keene, and as expected, it was one of these democratic processes, and I've never really been involved in something like this. I mean, I've been to meetings before, and uh, this didn't involve what they call Robert's Rules of Order, which is a really <laughs> – fr- you laugh because it's, it's ludicrous. Because it's stupid. <laughs> yeah. Robert's Rules of Order. Have you ever encountered this? No, Luther? no. Uh, so – it's this – I don't even know. I've never read the damn rules. I, I imagine it's really bo- boring to do so because any meeting that is run by Robert's Rules of Order is guaranteed to be boring. <laughs> uh, but it'll be orderly. And so th- I think that they, you know, that had been suggested in Manchester and had been shot down by the people there. So kudos to them for that, uh, for rejecting Robert's Rules of Order. They had kind of a different way of, uh, of doing things where they put things on what they call a stack – so people would uh, submit an idea or something mm-hmm. to be discussed. It would go on the stack, and then it would then once uh, once you'd gone around and everybody had thrown something on the stack who wanted to, then they would then remove things from the stack for discussion and and consensus. Okay. Uh, and at this point, it seems as though the consensus is not just a majority, but like a supermajority, maybe even one hundred percent. So okay. uh, that uh, if you've got 100% of people agreeing on something, that's always a pretty good system. Good luck with that, though. True. Um, th- although thus far there hasn't really been any real schisms, but again, it was the very first meeting. Mm-hmm. So how that will end up panning out, I don't know. I heard today that some of the Occupy groups have set the consensus and who's setting these things, I don't know. Uh, but someone in charge, whoever they are, has set the consensus at 75%. So if 75% say, and they go forth with, uh, with something. Of course, you're not obligated to. You know, if, you don't want to <laughs> if you don't want to participate, you can walk away and, and not, uh, not engage in this. Uh, but it's just you know it's interesting observing and listening to what people are looking for, and I, what I what I intend to do is kind of assist in whatever way I can, as long as I find the overall message to be generally agreeable. Uh, anything that's against the status quo, you know, I'm willing to help out to uh, to some extent. So, for instance, at one point, a uh, gentleman in the group said that he wanted to advocate civil disobedience and i didn't know who this guy was uh looked like a a college gentleman from the uh from the area Mm -hmm. and i thought uh, well that's great because he actually had immediate support from some of the other people in the group who again were not people that uh, that i knew so the fact that these folks were willing to do civil disobedience right out the gate i thought was was pretty exciting 
And so I just kind of continued to listen to some of the ideas that were put forth. And at one point, uh, the question was asked, well, where do we want to occupy? Just an important question to figure sure, out. Sure. Now, where we live in Keene, there's this place called Central Square, which is the heart Not of downtown. Not a square at all, but a circle. It's a circle. <laughs> uh, it's surrounded by a five-point intersection or whatever. But it's the place where everybody does their protests, for the most part. It's the most visible, yeah, most, most highly traffic. trafficked area in Keene. It's literally the center of town. And so... That was suggested, and the response from someone else was, well, they didn't really want to go to the square because they didn't want to be confused with the free keeners or the, uh, the <laughs> juggalos who are notorious for occupying that particular space. And so then later, that same – one of the, the other folks said, well, then th- th- she suggested blocking traffic on Main Street. Uh, and so she had said before that uh, – Excuse me, the, the, the same lady that said she wanted to block traffic had said before that that she didn't want to upset the police. That's why she didn't want to go to Central Square. And so then she said you she wants to block traffic. You upset the police if right. you block traffic. This is where I think that my ex- – you know what? Whatever level of expertise I have at uh, dealing with the police in Keene and getting arrested <laughs> and civil disobedience might be useful to these folks. So I didn't speak very much at this meeting, but that was one of the points at which I spoke up and I said – you know, just wanted to let you know um, that if you block traffic, you're not only going to upset the Keene police, but you're also going to upset the people who are trying to drive down Main Street. Right. So you'll be upsetting even more people if you go that route. And then she responded by saying that she thought she could get a permit to block traffic, like to, you know, to basically shut down Main Street uh, for this event, which seems very unlikely I suppose it's a possibility because, you know, if there's like the pumpkin festival, they'll shut down Main Street, some sort of humongous event. Yeah, but that's something that brings in 10,000 people to Exactly. Yeah, the store owners are not going to shut, you know, agree with shutting down the street. uh, You know, basically the proposal is to walk from the college campus to march from the college campus to the Bank of America is uh, the proposal that's on the table right now. So shutting down the street for that. Not very likely. And no. either way, I pointed out, even if you were to be successful at getting that, I didn't tell her she wouldn't be successful. I didn't want to rain on her parade. But I said, even if you were, uh, I said, either way, whether or not you get the permit, if you're blocking traffic, people are going to be pissed. It's right. going to get attention, but sure. people are going to be pissed. And then another guy said, well, he doesn't care if people are angry. So it's an interesting group of uh, of folks and uh, so we'll see we'll see what comes out of it certainly certainly i when i ran for city council i watched a woman beg beg to keep her hot dog stand open so i have a hard time believing that they would issue a permit to uh let them <laughs> block traffic no i can't imagine they would one eight five five four fifty free is the toll-free number, you can, of course, bring up whatever it is that's on your mind. Also, lots more to discuss here tonight, not just the uh, the Occupy events. But, Luther, you're going to tell us about magic mushrooms. That's right. This comes from USA Today, uh, and it, the title is Magic Mushroom Drug May Improve Personality Long Term. In, in new research that will almost certainly create controversy, scientists working with the hallucinogen psilocybin, the active ingredient found in magic mushrooms, have found that a single dose of the drug uh, prompted an enduring but positive personality change in almost 60% of patients. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty high. Um, significant. Uh, spe- in more ways than one. <laughs> but I'm... 
Specifically, tests involving a small group of patients in a strictly controlled and monitored clinical setting revealed that, more often than not, one round of psilocybin exposure successfully boosted an individual's sense of openness. Mm. Uh, What's more, the apparent shift in what is deemed to be a key aspect of personality did not dissipate after exposure, lasting at least a year and sometimes longer. Incredible. It truly is. I mean, and I, I have to... I've done some... Uh, independent research on the subject, <laughs> <laughs> and I agree with the findings. Well, I it would, sounds familiar too. By the way, this. I would be very interested to see what sort of other drugs could fall into this same category because, I mean, MDMA, MDMA, mm-hmm. LSD, mushrooms—drugs like these, without a doubt, changed my personality. Now, on the same page. There are all kinds of life experiences that could, you know, change things about you. I mean, that's not really shocking. Sure, sure. But uh, uh, Porkfest re- this year changed me in a way, um, in a very personal way. I feel much more motivated. Let's come back with more on uh, change and chemicals uh, here in a moment. 855-450-FREE. Maybe there's a little more on this mushroom story? There is. 1-855-450-FREE-3733. We're not advocating that you go out and... Plow down on these things. You gotta be careful when you do this stuff. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. When the power goes out for any length of time, you've got problems, starting with food that's going bad, even in the freezer. No communications, living by candlelight or flashlight, it's a bad place to be. The solar flare cycle is heating up and has already done damage to the grid. NASA and NOAA tell us that next year and in 2013, it will take down large sections of the grid for days or weeks at a time. Hurricanes and floods also cut power for several days or weeks. You can protect yourself now. The SG-1 solar generator by Sound Wisdom produces 5,000 watts of household current, comes with 230 amp hours of battery, 220 watt solar panels, and a built-in battery maintainer desulfator. This is the only portable system you can add as many batteries or solar panels as you like. It will also convert power from windmills, water wheels, DC welders, or gas generators. Any source of 12-volt DC power. See it now at freetalklivesolar.com. Technicians are standing by now to answer your questions even during the Sunday night show. freetalklivesolar.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program, and we invite you to take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Luther. We were discussing Occupy fill-in-the-blank protests that are going on around Mm -hmm. the country. Certainly, you're still welcome to chime in on that. Maybe you've been to some of these. You've got some observations you want to share. Or... You can talk about magic mushrooms, or you can talk about whatever you want, uh, because Luther, that's where we went toward the very end of the last hour, is mm-hmm. a study that, and is this a recent story? Because it, it rings a bell for me. Uh, 9-29-2011. 2011, all right. So it sounds very familiar. It sounds like something we've talked about in the past. I'm sure other people have come up with this as well. I, believe, I remember one time talking about mushrooms and their effect on anxiety and some um, things like that. But I think this is the first study I've ever seen that specifically deals with a change in personality. It's essentially saying, and if you could recap it for us, essentially sure. saying... Basically saying that just one dose of mushrooms uh, can have a long-lasting effect on your personality in a positive way. 
um, and it's long-lasting like a year or more just from one dose. Uh, and that's within 60% of patients. So now this is this is a scientific study mm-hmm. that has been done, uh, and it, that's a pretty significant number to say one, you know, more than one in uh, one of two, you know, more than fifty percent of, of patients, mm-hmm. and their first uh, time ever taking a magic mushroom. And I would imagine it's a relatively low dose because they're not going to give somebody a, a really right. high yeah, dose. Right? Yeah, they don't. Tripping balls the, yeah, at they the don't want all office. these people tripping balls at their laboratory. <laughs> I mean, stuff's going to get broken. You know, there's going to be handprints everywhere. So, uh, so I don't know what it, does it say in there. What the dose was that uh, that they received? Mm, I don't see that. It just says uh, nothing. You know, it would be. It's, not, yeah, they're vague about it. You know, a single dose is all it says. Well, the the tricky thing with with uh, magic mushrooms is you never know what you're getting right. because when you actually get the mushrooms, you buy them by weight, but you don't know how much psilocybin, psilocybin. the active ingredient, is actually in any of those things. Sure, sure. I wonder if maybe they just extracted psilocybin and that's what fit, I, I'm sure that's it, what they yeah did. you know put it in like a capsule form uh, that's what i would do if i was a scientist i mean that's the to, only way you could do it sure and, sure and, and have w- any kind of control over right. your, your your subject so uh ronald r griffiths who is uh, the study's author uh said now this finding is really quite fascinating uh and apparently he's a professor in the departments of psychiatry and neuroscience at john hopkins uh so this was done in the u.s then yeah okay that's surprising usually yeah, you can't do that um and this is because person Personality is considered a stable characteristic of the psychology of people. It's been thought to be relatively in, uh, immutable and stable across the lifespan. Um, and yeah, I've heard stuff like this. You know, uh, our you can't leopard can't change his spots. Yeah, that kind of stuff thing? like that. You know, or even uh, a lot of the personality traits I had as a child. I know I still <laughs> have. You know, it's just you know we will, who have always been. Uh, so this is saying that you know it can be changed, and that this can have. Uh, he goes on to talk about the uh, potential uh, benefits of ha- this knowledge. Uh, remarkably, the study shows that psilocybin actually changes one domain of personality that is strongly related to traits such as imagination, feeling, abstract ideas, and aesthetics, and is considered a core construct underlying creativity in general. And the changes we see appear to be long-term. So it's no coincidence that uh, many famous artists, uh, musicians, uh, have been known for taking psychedelics, for instance, or as they may now be called, entheogens, and uh, making amazing music and artwork. Sure. Well, I really like the aesthetic piece of it because I can. <laughs> uh, it like puts the biggest smile on my face. When I was a, a teenager, we used to like to go. You know, we lived in Florida, and we used to like to go and take LSD on the beach and watch the sunrise. And I, I mean, I can't even really put into words some of the things that I have seen and experienced because of this. But I can tell you that I have a. Just a totally different appreciation for nature and things like that, no doubt, because of these experiences. Oh, sure, sure. And I remember really getting into uh, art uh, during that period of my life uh, as well and just finding all these new things that I was really open to suddenly. Now, somebody could say, well, that would have happened anyway, Luther. You would have just matured. Mm, no, I can definitely say trace the change to an experience <laughs> I had while while hallucinating yeah. and uh, you know, just uh, 
your thought patterns change? Like you think completely different. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> trying to just. I think anybody who says that hasn't done no. any of these drugs. Well, hasn't sure. done any drug, I would say, with the exception of alcohol. You know what I mean? They just don't understand. Right. Yeah, how does that change you, by the way? Uh, oh. Well, it, it tends to, not in all cases. I think there's stages of it. It can first make you kind of elated and silly, but it eventually gets to b- violence in a lot of cases um, and just sloppy mess i mean <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. i know i say this i like alcohol but i do believe that it is one of the hardest drugs that there is in existence alcohol is a poison and so is psilocybin i think it's worth mm-hmm. pointing out we're talking about poison here and so you know last time we talked about mushrooms somebody emailed you and explained that the poison thing in psilocybin is a myth and they had this huge email and you read it on the air really yes and i I'm going to look this up. Well, I can on tell you break, one thing: you take the wrong mushroom, you might die. That's true, but so, but still, so, yeah. There, I, there's a few kinds of uh, of hallucinogenic mushrooms, and I would not recommend just going out and picking them unless you really know what you're doing, because yeah. there are lots of poisonous mushrooms out there that can kill you. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And some redneck who owns the cow farm that you're getting this <laughs> mushroom might might shoot you, so be careful of that as well. Yes. it'll probably just be rock salt. Yeah. I can tell you Even, that's gonna not yeah. gonna that when that happens, your heart sinks. When you see that farmer, you don't care if it's rock sort of salt or not. You just panic. Speaking from experience, yes, actually, yeah, there were cow fields all around our high school. Actually, they called the one right behind our high school the Field of Dreams. Yep. Because it had the most mushrooms. Apparently, it was mentioned in High Times. So we've seen news stories recently about MDMA being incredibly helpful. Uh, scientific studies have been done recently that mm-hmm. show that uh, people with, it wasn't anxiety, it was uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, which is really a serious uh, situation. Yeah, uh, People who had gone through all of the treatments that, uh, that standard medicine or allopathic medicine has provided for this PTSD and had had no success with the, the accepted treatments were allowed to attempt or were allowed to try in a controlled setting in a psychologist's office or psychiatrist's office, I think it was, to take a dose of MDMA, mm-hmm. which is commonly known on the street as ecstasy. And they found that after, again, one dose, that these folks were cured, 80% of them cured of PTSD. Nothing else worked. One dose of MDMA solved their problem. It allowed them to, you know, break down whatever mental walls they'd uh, built up to empathize and to come to grips. Yeah, confront the problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'd like to point out that this is not new at all. It's being revisited, but in the 80s, I, I think when you watch the... Di- if anyone's interested, I highly recommend you watch the documentary uh, Ecstasy Rising, Peter the Jennings. ABC report, it is right? awesome. You can see it mm-hmm. on YouTube at this point in time, I think, or Google Video, but it is great. But um, there are videos from, uh, like... Oprah style shows where there's people in the audience and they're talking about MDMA and these women stand up and they're, you know, 30, 40 years old and they they share something horrible that has happened to them, like getting raped. One woman had had gotten raped and her husband said, you know, that that if she had not taken the MDMA, that he believed that she would would have killed herself or she could not be a mother to her children Mm. she just hid in her room all day because she was so terrified of everything 
And um, so this isn't new at all. This is, you know, the, they knew this in the 80s, but it's been kind of forgotten. And now it's being it's resurfacing. The truth is being uncovered again. Right. Yeah. And anybody who has taken MDMA, I think, can understand why this this would be helpful for somebody with if they've taken the real McCoy, which right. of course is difficult to dwindling achieve. these days, dwindling. Right. Unfortunately, due to the black market, uh, due to the fact that uh, you never know what you're going to get when you're out there dealing with these uh, black market dealers, it's just so sad. And and by the way, it is important to remember. And we talked about this. I don't want to rehash too much of uh, Saturday night. I think it's always important to put the disclaimer out. Be careful when you're doing these things. There are things you need to know. You do need to know that if you just go buy something called ecstasy on the street, it may not, in point of fact, be MDMA at all. So you need to know this stuff, and you need to take the time to learn about sure. it. So go to arrowid.org. E-R-O. Get a test kit if you're interested, please. Dancesafe.org? Do they yes. Sell E-R-O-W-I-D.org. Great place to learn more about some of these things. And your thoughts are certainly welcome. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Pure Life Water, helping you drink better and live better by providing a zero-calorie alternative to sugary drinks. Visit us at nestle-purelife.us. When kids are playing, they often don't want to stop to keep hydrated, so send them out with a bottle of water and encourage them to take frequent drink breaks or call them inside for a quick sip. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Dial in toll free, bring up anything you want. The number for you, 1 855 450 free. That's 855 450 3733. And you can join us online as well at freetalklive.com. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners there, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they are listeners of this program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see it. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And you've been hearing about Bitcoins for a while now. Certainly, if you've been listening to this show, you have. But maybe you didn't know how to get them. Well, now there's an easy way. You can get Bitcoins by depositing cash at thousands of banking locations across the United States, including Bank of America and Wells Fargo. Once you have your Bitcoins, you can use them to pay anyone in the world with no transaction fees or third parties getting involved. It works just like a person-to-person cash transaction, but you do it over the Internet. And you can learn more at exchangebitcoins.com. That's exchangebitcoins.com. Again, 855-450-FREE is the number. Kind of, it wasn't really my intention to uh, to rehash what we talked about on Saturday night, but inevitably whenever uh, psychedelic or entheogenic drugs come up on this program, I always feel the need to, to throw out disclaimers. Uh, I think that uh, these the usage of these things has been very instrumental in changing how I view life, and I'm glad that I've done them, uh, but I'm also I'm glad I've done them in a safe manner and with people who understand you know the the effects of these things, and mm-hmm. you know we were talking on Saturday night about how there the, apparently allegedly there are these parties where kids will just grab pills that they don't even know what they are and pop them. 
Wow. Just, just the, the completely other direction of responsibility, total irresponsibility when it comes sure. to uh, using drugs in this scale. And then, you know, complete responsibility of knowing what you're getting into as much as possible before you do it, having a safe set and setting in which to do it, being around other people who can, uh, you know, assist in the event of yeah, something. Who you'll be comfortable with, who aren't going to try to mess with you, you know. And, and moderation is always also a good policy. Absolutely. Otherwise, it's just not special yes. anymore. I'm sure. If you uh, took mushrooms every day, you would just go crazy. Yeah. Uh, your personality would not improve in a good way. It, it would, may be right. for a couple of days, yeah, but yeah. Uh, then it would probably start to go downhill. Sure. Right. And then it's not a special experience anymore if you're doing it regularly. That's, right. how, I see, that's how I see it. Uh, so 855-450-FREE is uh, the number here. You guys want to add anything else to that uh, that discussion? No. I mean, when you're talking about safely, I very briefly mentioned test kits. I just want to throw that out there again. Uh, ecstasy is something I have a lot of experience with in the past, and uh, it's getting very, very dirty. And uh, the majority of pressed pills now that you get on the street, it just it's not MDMA. I would highly recommend going to dancesafe.org and getting one of these Unless test you're kits. in Europe. Yes, in Europe, they have very high quality. This is actually an interesting little tidbit. It is in um, Holland. They have legalized test centers so you can bring your pills to a test center so the mdma is illegal yes but they had a huge harm reduction like thing a campaign in in the uh, early 2000s i think it was and this was part of it was that they were going to have these test centers and since and you can just walk in you bring your pill in and and uh you know you call and check in sometime in the next couple days and they'll tell you exactly what's in it and how many milligrams and um, the pill quality over there is like the average amount when you get a clean pill in the United States, the average is like 70, 80 milligrams of MDMA. Mm-hmm. It's like 180 over there. I so mean, these are the day. cleanest, best ecstasy pills in the world. So basically the reason why the ecstasy is so much better over there is because testing's available publicly because you don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops. It's easy to go and right. get the pill tested. So quality checks are available everywhere. And if somebody gets something that is of not good quality, the word can get out and that, right. that you know that dealer's done for. Right? So on that note, you can buy these little home test kits. And I will say they are very cool. In addition to ecstasy, there are now, I mean, people have posted results online for a variety of research chemicals. So if you're interested in five, you know, five meo dipt, you could test for that. Like you could test for a hundred different research chemicals with these kits. It's twenty if you want to buy twenty dollars. If you want to buy like one of the bottles, you can get a complete kit for like forty dollars. They are worth it. Well, worth it to avoid. They will save you from a bad a night. Well, or, or worse. But yeah. I mean, it, it's just please, please, if you're interested in this stuff, buy a test kit. You will be thankful. What about the people who'd be paranoid and say that, well, the, the DEA might come after me if I get a test kit? The DEA hasn't come after me. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I get on the radio, right, and I talk openly about yeah. about doing drugs and the drug experiences I have had. So they would, I, I, I it's guess, not illegal they could to order say a test kit. that they, they yeah. could come after me at some point in my life, but I'm just not that paranoid. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not illegal to order no, a test kit. No, it isn't. It's not uh, probable cause it's to raid your home. It's sulfuric acid. What's that? The Isn't testes? it? Isn't that what, it's, what it is in they're the marquee? They're different agents. Yeah, there are right? different reagents, but it's just a chemical. I mean, it's... So there you go. Learn a little bit uh, every single night here on Free Talk Live. So, speaking of medical things, here's some news for you. Out of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, AJC.com, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, one of their officials, has been arrested 
and charged with two counts of child molestation <laughs> and bestiality. Nice. <laughs> yeah. According to DeKalb County, criminal warrant obtained on Sunday, and the sexual acts, by the way, involved a six-year-old boy. Uh, Kimberly Quinlan Lindsay's boyfriend, Thomas Westerman, was also arrested on two counts of child molestation. Westerman works for the CDC as a night watchman, uh, and so they both essentially work for the CDC. One's some sort, some sort of special official. She's the deputy director for the Laboratory Science Policy and Practice Program Office. At the CDC. She's 44 years old. Uh, the pair lives together. And she's got a bio on the agency's website. She's, she's important enough of a bureaucrat to have her own page on the agency's site. Uh, the Emory University graduate who's been with the CDC since 1999 was formerly a senior health scientist responsible for overseeing a $1.5 billion fiscal allocation process for terrorism preparedness. And now she's looking at felony charges for bestiality. And they don't tell us which uh, which beast uh, she was interested in. <laughs> oh, but uh, apparently she was interested in a uh, six-year-old boy. That's terrible. Yeah, so just to kind of give you some idea of who some of these government people are that uh, believe they know what's best how to run your life. Well, I think it's important to note that they are people. And I like, you know, people, a lot of people seem to think that because they wear a uniform, they must be like the best of the best people. Mm-hmm. But Surprise. there's a wide variety of people out there, and those people are government bureaucrats. Well, mm-hmm. and think about, for instance, like the Department of Children and Families or whatever alphabet combination it is in your state, uh, DCYF or whatever they are. You would imagine that those people might, that organization might just attract a child molester. Because the sure. job is to take children from people who allegedly shouldn't have children and then put them in the hands of government-approved people. Uh, so we've seen stories in the past where these guys get caught for you know, child pornography or child molestation. Sure, sure. Generally, and it, it tends to be uh, – molesters tend to be somebody who knows the child, you know, usually a relative or a neighbor or a family friend. It's true. Or, or somebody, you know, who you know, people don't expect expect that's how they get away with it is is you know they're not suspected you know it's not usually the guy who wants to go hang out at the park or right i'm sure that's where they like to hang out but like it, it i've i'd like to talk about this a little more because i've had i've experienced things where i've been sort of just innuendo that i i could be a dirty bet all right anyway, we'll find so. out about that here in a uh, moment <laughs> more coming up here uh with luther's experience of uh, being a Accused of being a child molester. No, I wouldn't say accused, but yeah. More coming up. Free talk live. The first secret to success is recognizing opportunity. The second is to act on it. But how do you gain the skills to know how and when? AllSuccessClub.com. Meet successful individuals online and in exotic locations around the world. Find out from the rich and famous how they went from rags to riches and learn how to achieve financial independence for yourself. Your path to success begins now at allsuccessclub.com. This is Free Talk Live, the toll-free number for you. Take control of these airwaves, 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Tonight in the studio, it's Ian here. And Julia. And Luther. And we invite you to the website, freetalklive.com. Many features, all of them free. You can get signed up and follow our news updates. Go to news.freetalklive.com. And you can follow us via email, Twitter, Facebook, whichever communication method you prefer, or more than one. Uh, all free over at news.freetalklive.com. Again, that is news.freetalklive.com. 
SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call and have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner right up at the top of our banner column over at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. So, uh, you can, of course, take control of these airwaves. Luther, you were going to tell us, uh, we brought up this story about the CDC official that's been charged with child molestation against a six-year-old, as well as uh, bestiality. Mm -hmm. And you were going to, I guess, tell of an experience you had, or multiple experiences, where people had accused you of something similar. Well, they didn't accuse me of bestiality. Um, uh, No, I was just at a school. They didn't accuse me of anything, really. It just made me feel uncomfortable. And I think it's kind of just a sad statement of where we are culturally now that we, you know, worship kids like they're Hindu cattle. Um, Yeah, personally, I don't like children. Anyway, so I was at a school fixing their copy machine, and I had to use the bathroom. I asked them where it was, and she was like, oh, okay, hang on, I'll escort you down there. And it's (laughs) oh, geez, okay, you know, and then so when we got to the bathroom, and it was just, you know, a bathroom with one toilet, and it wasn't like the, you know, the multiple uh, install bathrooms, uh, just... One small little room, probably 10 feet by 10 feet, with a a toilet, a sink, and, you know, a soap dispenser. And she had to go and just make sure that no children were in there, uh, you know, before I could go in and do my business. And it just seems ridiculous to me. I can do that on my own. I don't want children in there while I'm... So you're saying the 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 intimation was that uh, you could be a a child molester, so we just need to be careful. I could be, yeah, I could be... Somebody with some kind of ill intent or have some kind of inappropriate motivation, you know. Can so. you imagine what would happen if you were left to roam those halls on your own? I would probably go mad because of all the screaming children around me. So was it the only example, or was there another one? Uh, that's the only one I can think of. I mean, there have been other cases where I was accused of being a drug dealer uh, because I was <laughs> in a parking lot near a school. Uh, I was at a church in their parking lot waiting for them to show up so I could fix uh, fix their copy machine, you know, and uh, some lady was across the street watering her yard and she kept looking over at me, you know, I'm minding my business on my Blackberry doing whatever it was I was doing, probably listening to music or the radio. And she comes over, like, I, I didn't see her coming over. I must have been doing something. But next thing I know, she's tapping on my window and she's got a piece of paper and she's telling me about how... The cops watch this, and there's a neighborhood watch on that parking lot because that's where people do drug deals. And there's a school down the street, and there's a daycare around the corner, and blow. And I go, oh well, that's fine. I'm just here to. I'm waiting on somebody. I'm not a drug dealer. And she she just kept going with it. She's like, well, you know, well we have to be careful because of the children. And I'm like, well, that's fine. I'm not a drug dealer. Great I'm here lady. on business. Yeah. yeah, trying to eat my lunch. Leave me alone. <laughs> exactly. So and eventually she, she wandered back over to her yard and kept watering or doing what she was doing and looking, at, looking <laughs> at me. So like I, I, I was like, fine, you know, I'm going to go do something else. This lady's creeping me out. I imagine she fancied herself very clever that day for having discovered you, you know, like, oh, yeah, I got to. It was the most exciting part of her day. I, I got sure. to I got to say this to her. I go, I got to say, well, I don't support the prohibition of any uh, substance, but, you know, I can understand you wanting to keep it away from your grandchildren, you know, and she was very confused by that, by that statement that I didn't support prohibition. She's like, what? Prohibition? And Wasn't she, that alcohol? She mm. just kind of ignored that and went on with whatever she was mumbling about. Let's go to you and your thoughts. You can bring up whatever you want. Adam is listening in Indianapolis. Adam, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. 
Hello. Um, I wanted to call and talk about the Occupy Indianapolis uh, movement that's going on right now. All right. Do tell. Are they occupying anything yet, or are they just planning? They are. Uh, the State House, in fact. The lawn of the State House. Now, what is um, it? They've been out there since Saturday. So there are people there permanently? They're there overnight? Yes, yes. Um, right now, I mean, I would say it's probably between 20 and 90 people at mm-hmm. any given time. But the Indianapolis police have said that the people who are there are not allowed to lay down and sleep. So they're calling <laughs> it a, ver- a vertical occupation. If you're down there, you've either got to be standing or sitting on the lawn. So basically people are coming in shifts, is that the idea? So if you get tired, yeah. you go home, sleep, somebody's going to take care yeah, of the overnight, that kind of thing? people who you know, let people go into their apartments or sleep in their cars and take breaks that way as well. So you've um, been down there? You've experienced this? I have. I went down there on Saturday. Um, there are about 1,200 people, I would say, uh, based on media estimates and all of that down there Saturday. Okay, hang on. I thought you said it was 20 to 90. What did I miss there? Well, right now there's between 20 and 90. There's more during the day and fewer at night. But when they had their initial gathering, over 1,000 people showed up. Wow, okay. That's, uh, that's pretty yeah. good. So what were your impressions yeah, of the was, crowd and what the, you know, who you met, what you, what you learned? Um, I would definitely say it's a lot of people who know all of the problems but have no idea what to do for a solution. Um, what did they what did they throw out of, as uh, do they even have any ideas at all right word well when i first got there on saturday there was probably five or six people that were up there talking uh you know on a microphone but most of them were politicians and business owners saying that this is great so many people are out here and everyone's got to go vote and they've got to go vote uh, right because that's always changed things eventually got up on the <laughs> microphone though and said i didn't come down here to stand and be told to vote let's start marching and pretty much everyone took over indianapolis so where did you march or to where did you march well we started at the veterans memorial uh which is i would guess maybe five or six blocks north of the center of indianapolis we marched down indianapolis uh or down meridian street to the center of indianapolis the center of Indianapolis is a circle. And how was the re- how was the response as you were marching? I mean, were you getting a lot of honks and waves? Or were there uh, you know was, was it we mostly were. positive? We were. It was, and it actually was very well timed. Um, kind of serendipitously, they were doing an AIDS walk at the same time. Um, hmm. So there was a few hundred people that were walking north, while our group was walking south, and most of them were given the thumbs up and, and given cheers and that sort of thing. So you said that you felt like a lot of these folks didn't really have any solutions. Were they even positing? Yeah, there was lots of lots of chanting, lots of sign waving. Oh, you know, fair tax right. signs yeah. were pretty popular. What uh, what what signs were popular? I'm sorry. The the so-called fair tax. Oh, interesting. Uh, that little oxymoron there, right? Sure. So, uh, so uh, were were, yeah. were were the occupiers occupying any financial areas of uh, Indianapolis? They aren't. No, um, there was talk initially of trying to occupy like uh, the front of the banks or something like that. Um, people talked about doing a human people mover, What's which that? is what they called everybody standing in a single file line and slowly marching around a city block like ants so that they were blocking people without standing there and loitering and getting in trouble for it. Um, so like an, un, like an unbroken single-file line? Is the idea? Yeah. To, I, I see. So, yeah, and that might, that might happen. I'm expecting this Saturday there'll probably be more people 
and they might do a little more of a demonstration. But tomorrow is going to be the first day the state house is actually open for business while all of this has been going on. So do you expect another large amount of people to uh, to hit the state house tomorrow morning? You know, I don't know. It's Tuesday morning. A lot of people have to work, but I think a lot of people who are down there and pissed off are down there because they don't have jobs. So. Yeah, right. They got nothing else to do. Might as well uh, camp yeah, out. I do have a job, but I'm going to be back down there on Wednesday. Uh, so you feel like it's worthwhile. You, you feel, are you get, you're getting something out of it then? I do. I do. It's still largely unorganized, but... You know, every night they're having general assemblies where people can come up, anyone who wants to can speak, and they seem to start to be forming, I don't know, some sort of organizational structure. So it's definitely interesting enough for me to go and see what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I think that if I can help in any way, as long as it tends to be something that I generally agree with, I don't have to agree with all the specifics, I'm, I'm willing to help out, and I'm certainly most interested in meeting the doers, like the activist types who are willing to come out to something like this. I think that's interesting, to create relationships with those people, because for, as far as I'm concerned, protests are essentially social events. Uh, they, they're good for expanding your network. Thanks for the call, Adam. Appreciate hearing from you. More coming up, 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. Write us at fff at fff.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's fff at fff.org. Talk live. You dial in toll free and take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you'd like. If you want, 855 450 free. That's toll free. SACL CAI toll free line 1 855 450 3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian and Julia and Luther. Kind of come back around uh, thanks to uh, the latest caller we had there to this uh, dis. The Occupy fill-in-the-blank protest movements uh, that are happening around the country. More will be cropping up throughout the week, and especially on Saturday, as it's supposed to be. That's supposed to be the big day. Uh, where it will go from there, I don't know. Will it get bigger? Will it uh, dwindle off as the weather gets colder? Because it can be tough to occupy any place when oh, it's sure. freezing cold yeah. out. When they had the 420 protests originally in Keene and they were huge, they mm-hmm. tapered off in the winter because who wants to stand out and smoke at Central Square when it's 20 degrees out? Yeah. Uh, so you guys talked in detail last week, I believe, about the list of demands mm-hmm. that some were making. Now, it was said at some point on this program that the list of demands was not issued by any official organization i mean there is no real organization right behind this it's just yeah it's a big disorganization but there is a website called uh occupy wall street st.org and that's where they had this posted okay because i didn't know if there was any kind of uh consensus behind this or if somebody just threw it out on a website because i know the people that own the occupy new hampshire website that doesn't mean that they are in charge of anybody right it doesn't mean that all the people at the occupy new hampshire uh, protests or meetings agree with what goes up on that website. So here's something else that you can consider from these Occupy folks. It is the Declaration of the Occupation of New York City. Have you all heard this one yet? No. 
reads the declaration. Here we go. As we gather together in solidarity to express a feeling of mass injustice, we must not lose sight of what brought us together. We write so that all people who feel wronged by the corporate forces of the world can know that we are your allies. As one people united, we acknowledge the reality that the future of the human race requires the cooperation of its members, that our system must protect our rights, and upon corruption of that system, it is up to the individuals to protect their own rights and those of their neighbors, that a democratic government derives its just power from the people. Yeah, well, I haven't really seen that being the case. No. Uh, But corporations do not seek consent to extract wealth from the people and the earth. And, of course... None of these people ever acknowledge that governments are corporations. Right. They never acknowledge Or that a corporation doesn't exist without government because that's what a corporation is. It's a creation by the government, a legal fiction. Right, that, that gives the owners of a, of a certain company certain uh, privileges and protections from uh, liability, right? Exactly. Yeah, so. And, of course, uh, the government has all those protections and more. So corporations, to some extent, can be liable for some things. Uh, you know, their liability is limited. The government is completely unaccountable. Right. They they have no liability whatsoever right. for what they and, do. And it they they say what do they say? how do they phrase it that pe- the corporations do not get consent or corporations do not seek consent to extract wealth from the people and the earth. They don't. They don't put up put up a store and open the door and say, "Hey, come in and buy if you want." Do yeah, they, most of do them. Do they hold guns to people's head and no. say, "Hey, you have to have this Big Mac. You have to buy, you know, from Target, from Walmart, from in whatever." In most cases, they do go and they buy uh, the property that they want to buy legitimately. Uh-huh. There are some examples of corporations who are tied in with the government where they use the government's force to take property from people through eminent domain. So mm-hmm. that would be applicable to that uh, that particular statement. Certainly. Uh, but for the most part, most companies, and a lot of people have corporations. We're not just talking – I mean, I think they are generally talking about the mega corporations. Right. But your local mom-and-pop restaurant might also be a corporation yeah. as well. I worked for one that was, actually. And I knew the owners, uh, the owners I mean. I dated their daughter. You know, I uh, – I worked with them. You know, they worked there too. They didn't just sit in the office and get fat, you know, off of us, off our labor. They they worked too. They worked just as hard as we did. No true democracy is attainable when the process is determined by economic power. We come to you at a time when corporations which place profit over people, self-interest over justice, and oppression over equality run our governments. We have peacefully assembled here, as is our right, to let these facts be known. So it's again this this they old really message. They really like that word corporation. Yeah, I mean it's in everything. That's all they talk about. You you could almost replace it with immigrants. You know, like there's there's the groups of interest groups in this country mm-hmm. have the scapegoat, right? The so for the the ultra right wingers, it's the immigrants that are the problem, or the drug dealers, or whatever. And for the the people on the far left, it's the corporations that are the problem, and nobody notices the real problem and that is the coercion the monopoly over coercion that is the governments uh, the federal state and local and so we've heard this time and time again that you know well if they could just have their way then we'd have a true democracy where everyone had an equal vote no money would be in politics and the whole world would be governed by democratic consensus. I'm so sure that that would stop people from trying to bribe the government. Well, it's fantasy to believe that uh, you can ever get money or influence out of power. I mean, it's just 
you've got to be living in a utopian fantasy world in order to believe that to be the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not to say that I don't think that, you know, I think power should be eliminated, but these people think that, uh, that you know, if they could just have their way, it would all work out. But even if they had their way, even if you could get the money out of politics and have this magical system just appear out of thin air that allowed everyone to vote and somehow it would all be facilitated without giving people power, uh, because that seems to be their intention, right? They don't like the idea of the power elite controlling people. But how do you set up your little system without having a power elite? It seems to me they just want to be the power elite. Well, exactly. And that's why every instance of communism has always ended up being the elite and everybody else. Right. Um, so there's no there's, – and of course then the critics of uh, – the, the supporters of communism will say, well, that wasn't true communism. Right. Just put me in charge and we'll have, we'll have true communism. Right. So here again, you have another example of a group of people who they have a vision for what they think should be, but their vision is is immoral on its face. And I don't think they they even think about those things, that the idea that even if they could have this magical voting system where everybody had an equal vote and everybody could just cast their vote by punching it on their their handheld device that, of course, is given away by all the corporations because now money doesn't matter anymore and there is no money and we're all voting and the voting is controlling the world and democracy rules. So 51% should decide what goes. Uh, and that's, why, don't, why don't people see that as wrong? Yeah, just, that irritates me right there. 51% should decide. Uh, to suggest that democracy somehow promotes equality and fairness is ludicrous. Can you honestly represent me? What if I disagree with you? Then we have a problem, right? But if mm-hmm. you're the ruler, then how is that any different than what goes on today that you hate so much? Luther and I will outvote you. I know you would. Yes. You got a problem with that? <laughs> It's just crazy. Yeah, it doesn't lead anywhere good. Anytime you've got this system where someone gets to control someone else by majority rule, by might makes right, uh, you're going to have depredations. You're going to have abuse. You're going to have destruction of freedom. You're going to have uh, people are not going to have their rights respected by virtue of the fact that you have democracy means you're not respecting people's rights sure. because you could simply vote them away. <laughs> Sure, sure, I, sure enough. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, Julie. you can go. I kind of forgot what I was going to say now. <laughs> yeah, that's um, why we let you go. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> it, I think that part of the problem stems from the fact that a large percentage of people believe that we've sort of reached like our moral and, you know, our peak, basically. Like we as human beings, we know what's best now. Everything we think is right. You know, they think we're like reaching this peak. Oh, man. And uh, like the other day, for example, I was discussing with somebody on Facebook, which this really isn't my style, but someone said something that irritated me, basically, that, that you know, that police officers were were all good. Mm. And, um, and, and I just asked her a couple of questions, you know, like, because she kind of mentioned the law, and I said, well, so you think the law is, is good, and you think that, you know, what about alcohol prohibition? Do you like alcohol? When alcohol was legal, was it bad? Would you have obeyed? And she said... Well, things were different back then, as if to suggest that, you know, well, then they didn't know. But today we know what's right. Like all the laws are just we've we've reached this moral high. We're just so great now. (laughs) Yeah. When I wow. When I was studying anthropology in school, we learned that human beings are the same animal that they were when they were cavemen. 
not a lot has changed. I mean, uh, sure. how we how we organize ourselves and how large of a society we can support has changed. Technology Cavemen with is, laptops. Yeah, cavemen <laughs> with laptops. We're still we're still the same animal that we were, you know, uh, long like five thousand years ago. Yeah. Interesting observation. So, yeah. Your observations are welcome. One eight five five four fifty three. That's eight five five four five zero free. There's more to this declaration of the occupation. We'll share some more of that here uh, with you in a moment. Across this nation. But people love the idea of democracy because, well, they were taught when they were growing up that that's a good thing. You know, well, we've got to get away from the king, so we have to have a republic or a democracy. or you know, Pretty much interchangeable. We're coming up. You can take control. Hour 3 is next. This is Free Talk Live. The Ruger LC9. Compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. into the third hour of the program you may dial in and talk about whatever you want the toll-free number brought to you by SACL cai is 1-855-450-FREE that's 855-450-3733 joining you tonight it's ian and julia and luther we are looking at the declaration of the occupation now this isn't the list of demands as i understand it uh, and some are saying the list of demands isn't a certainly there's no consensus on the list of demands. So I imagine that's true with this declaration as well. The claim is, though, it was accepted by the NYC General Assembly. So they're going to claim that this is the consensus of whoever was at the General Assembly in New York City when this was brought up. So they talk about uh, we just barely got started on it here, but they it's their message uh, to the people that agree with them that the corporations are destroying everything and that uh, they need to have democracy where there's no uh, money in politics, uh, where they say the process is not determined by economic power and that uh, the power comes from the people. And it's the same old message that you've heard you know, a whole bunch of times. And what we were pointing out in the last hour is that the folks that, that are putting this out there, they're coming from a place that's right. They want people to be empowered. I want that. I don't want corporations to rule over me, especially if it's their government corporations, because every corporation was created by the government, and the government themselves are corporations or corporate entities. So I don't like those. I don't like the idea of a corporation. I don't like the idea of a company having no liability for the actions that uh, that they take. That bothers me. Yeah. And I I like the idea of individual empowerment. I'm all about that. Sure, sure. Well, it seems to be the same issue. You want accountability with as many people as possible, right? I mean, you want it from the government. You're going to want it from the companies as well. Sure. Everybody should be accountable for their their choices. Right. And so, unfortunately, though, they just don't go – they don't go – they identify the problem. They don't identify the correct solution. And that's understandable because these are the solutions that they're taught. You go to college. Yeah. These are the things they teach you. Right. Go to college. Don't worry about that. You'll make money when you get a job with your degree. You can pay that off later. Don't worry about that loan. They have taken our houses through an illegal foreclosure process despite not having the original mortgage. They have t- now, I've heard that that's, uh, that that's true. 
They have taken bailouts from taxpayers with impunity and continue to give executives – I think they're talking about the, the, the big corporations, specifically the banks. They have taken bailouts from taxpayers with impunity and continue to give executives exorbitant bonuses – they have perpetuated inequality and discrimination in the workplace based on age, the color of one's skin, sex, gender identity, and sexual orientation. And you know, one of the things that we could do in a free market, which we don't have, and we're not even close, but if there's somebody who's behaving this way in the way that they run their business, you know, discriminating against uh, gay people or women or whomever, and you think that's pretty outrageous, and you work for them, you can quit your job, and you could go start your own business. But starting your own business in today's world is very difficult. Talk about empowerment. Talk about personal empowerment. Being able to do your own thing is really the ideal. Yeah. Who pa- doesn't want that? Pave your own way. That's the American dream, right? I, I, I don't know. Maybe. I, I hope so. I, 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 think, I think that think when it's... people use that phrase, that's what they are talking about. Right, that's about. what it used to mean. It, well, maybe it used to mean that. It seems like the American dream has come to mean go to college, get a job, work for somebody else for your whole life, and collect your retirement. Right. Have some and kids in there too. I've seen I've seen some people on the Occupy whatever you know pages, and they a lot of them. It's a common phrase I see is uh, if you believe the American dream, you, you or it's called the American dream because you have to be asleep to believe, to believe it. it. That's yeah. a George Carlin uh, phrase, I think. Yeah, paraphrase. Um, I don't know. I, I think you can still make your way. Stossel did a a a, a, a what it was it? It was just a short like a segment of one of his shows where uh, he met talked about the American dream, and there was a guy who. You know, took twenty five dollars, checked into a homeless shelter, and just started building wealth from there. You know, he mm. he lived there for a while until he could. He, he started getting better and better jobs. He rode a bike for a while, you know, before he could get a car, and then eventually he got a roommate. You know, so he was out of the homeless shelter. I mean, like he, he started at the bottom, worked his way up. Yeah, mm. and, and then he wrote a book about his experience and made a lot of money. So he didn't get a bailout from the government too, no. to do it. Nope. You know, actually, I'm thinking second thought. It might have been Bill Hicks that quote. It's either Carlin or Hicks, one okay, or the other. Yeah. Uh, so in a world with a free market, you would have the ability to follow your dreams because right now, if your dream is illegal or if you have to jump through a bunch of regulatory hoops to start your business, like Luther, I know you want to open up uh, some sort of a, a, yeah, I'd like to do machining, uh, or machine repair, machine, uh, manufacturing, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, welding. I, I just like working with my hands. I like working with machines. Um, I, I don't want. I don't want like a large shop. I just want to be able to my own personal shop, I guess, where like a blacksmith shop. Uh, I see them all the time here in New Hampshire. Uh, they're just on the side of the road. People have them in their houses. I'd like to do something like that. It can be very difficult to achieve these sorts of things because even if you can acquire the place to do it, you may not have the money to pay the property taxes on it, or you sure. may it may not be zoned correctly for it, or there may be another other. You know, it probably variety. won't if I want to do manufacturing. Uh, yeah. Like I'd like I'd love to have a. Uh, a forge setup where I can make my own blast furnace, you know, and mm-hmm. put that out in the backyard. Yeah, and who regulates those, and what are the requirements? And yeah, I don't even know. I mean, kind of like, I haven't even gotten that far. Right, so uh, so typically two, it goes two ways when somebody wants to start a business for themselves. They either just throw it up against the wall and see, you know, what kind of threats they get from the government, or they try to diligently do it the legal way <laughs> and, you know, go and try to work their way through the bureaucracy, which is the most frustrating, difficult process for, for the most part that people could even envision. You go ahead. Go down to City Hall tomorrow and just start asking the questions. Okay, I'd like to open my machine, my own machine shop. What do I need? 
course, then, right. you're, you know, then you're opening this door for the government agent to start telling you all of the things that you're supposed to do. You've got to go over here, and you've got to get this permit, and you've got to get this license, and you've got to get this approval, and you've got to get a permit for it. Just, it, just, it, never, it seems like it never ends. It can seem so overwhelming. And when you don't have the money to hire a lawyer to kind of navigate you through these waters... It can be confusing. It can be scary. It's scary you can because, make mistakes. Well, you know that if you make a mistake, there may be like a $500 a day fine or a $1,000 a day fine. Fine if you you know get it wrong. I think that you were not in jail yet, and we read this story with you, with the uh, woman who was making the real ice cream with um, all kinds of yeah, natural ingredients. That was a story that I brought. And up. they went after her, and she tried in a lot of ways to keep it going, but it was just like financially impossible. She desperately tried to jump through the hoops that they'd put up for her, but essentially the hoops decimated her product because it, they essentially said, you can't use fresh product. You can't use raw milk. You can't use fresh strawberries. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't, you basically cannot make your product. Right. Uh, is essentially what they told her. And she was really bummed out about that because she's not willing to take a risk and continue her business. But then again, they're going to put her business out of business. So at that point, why not take the risk? And that right there is the American dream. This was a woman who did not intentionally, uh, she didn't set out to do that. She made the ice cream. Some people liked it. It caught on. It got bigger. It turns out this woman makes ice cream that a lot of people like and Mm -hmm. want to pay for. And she was doing really well and it was growing. And that's, I mean, it grew to the point where it got her in trouble and she couldn't make her ice cream anymore. Right. So if you really want to empower people then you have to decentralize power. Uh, and you, you don't putting it in the hands of 51% or 50.1% or whatever is not going to solve that problem. It's just going to re- result in more controls over the things that those 50-plus percent people don't like. So let's continue here with the demands, or no, excuse me, not demands, the declaration of the occupation. They have poisoned the food supply through negligence and undermined the farming system through monopolization. Of course, you've got government subsidies left and right uh, in the farming situation. Uh, They actually subsidize farmers to not grow crops in some cases. They have profited off the torture, confinement, and cruel treatment of countless animals and actively hide these practices. They have continuously sought to strip employees of the right to negotiate for better pay and safer working conditions. I don't know how you could do that. I mean, unless you actually can enslave an an employee, then you can't strip them of anything because... They can strip themselves away from your business at any time. Sure, it's a two-way street, and when I try to tell people this, they just ignore it. I just I say, if you don't, if your job is that terrible, just quit, and and they they try to you know just ignore that and change the subject or divert the conversation in another direction, and they completely ignore this uh, that option altogether. One eight five five four five zero free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Eight five five four fifty free. There's more coming up. Your thoughts certainly welcome. You can share whatever you want. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. More of the declaration coming up here in moments. You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world. Find out more at WeUseCoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at WeUseCoins.org. That's WeUseCoins.org. (laughs) 
This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We invite you to our website. You'll enjoy the features there for free, including listening options. We've got dial-up stream and broadband streams going around the clock, 24-7. The latest episode of Free Talk Live is there for you to listen to. And you can also get a list of our great radio stations across the country that carry the show, over 109 stations. Our satellite listening options, including two XM satellite radio channels, our free-to-air option, and the webcam and the listen lines that light a call from any phone that can dial long distance. Plenty of ways to get Free Talk Live into your ears, and you can go and learn about them over at Listen. FreeTalkLive.com. October 19th, it's time to let the establishment know that we the people, not the media, will decide the future of this country. You can head over to BlackThisOut.com and be a part of the largest grassroots donation effort in history. It's the first step in getting the government out of your life and out of this economy. Visit BlackThisOut.com today and let the media know that you won't stand by and let your freedom be blacked out. BlackThisOut.com. So, we're talking about the Occupy movement as it uh, continues to spread across the country. There's a lot of good that uh, needs to be said about it, and there's a lot that uh, should be critiqued about it. Because, as has been pointed out by our caller earlier, and from others' observations, many of the folks in these movements, they get it. There are problems. I mean, a lot of people are pretty good at identifying problems. But unfortunately, the solutions sound, well, a little stale. I mean, who hasn't heard this before? Right. We need democracy, true democracy, power to the people. Let's put the people in charge and get the money out of politics. Hmm, 1960s? It's been going on for longer than we've been alive, probably oh, sure. combined. And, uh, and of course, inevitably, politicians are going to run that up the flagpole. Oh, yeah, power to the people. I'm all about it. Vote oh, for me. Real, yeah, vote for me. I'll give you real democracy. Yeah. So Change in hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So where is it exactly? Oh, and then you've got Adam versus the man, adamversustheman.com, where he goes and he interviews some of these folks at the, the D.C. Occupy mm-hmm. uh, group. And you mentioned change in hope. So there's this one lady that he's interviewing who just doesn't even believe him when he brings up the fact that uh, Barack Obama escalate, uh, escalated the war in Afghanistan. Yeah, not to mention started one in Somalia and Libya. Just plain flat out denies it. Just Total cognitive dissonance doesn't even want to consider that that could be true. Yeah, walks just away from I felt like bad for her because I, I just, I, I think her heart was in the right place, and she wasn't pompous like the other kids. So right, sure. Like I just, but it she just, just goes got to annihilated. Show. She couldn't, didn't even know what to do. But but it just goes to show. She may not think that she got annihilated, right? It's that's from your perspective. Well, she didn't seem too smart to me. I mean, yeah. she she first she said that uh, the problem with the, the reason why schooling was so much more expensive is because of it was more privatized. And it points out that it's actually more socialized and less privatized. And she just agrees with him. She's like, oh totally, yeah, yeah, exactly, totally. totally. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I played it today and I didn't. I was just listening, kind of as I was doing some other work, and so I really sure, should sure. rewatch it and uh, and actually watch it, the... it. I think it's worth a re- rewatch because I, I every time I see it, I just laugh. Yeah. So here's more from the declaration of the occupation. This came out uh, toward the end of last week. It's different from the list of demands. This was a document accepted by the New York City General Assembly. Uh, and it says here, they're talking about their frustration, some of the things that they think are really uh, bad. So they've uh, held students hostage with tens of thousands of dollars of debt on education, which itself is a human right. What? 
we talked about this earlier and I just you chose to go to a prestigious school. That's it's why you right. have eighty thousand dollars. It's a or, right. No, or, it's not. I was born onto this earth. I have a right to be educated. Fine. Get a natural education. Learn from your mistakes. That's the mm. education you're entitled to. That's a nice anything, way to put it. Anything beyond that yeah. you you need to work for. Right. It's just imagine for a moment if education's a right. So it must be a right for everyone in all circumstances. If it's a right, it must be a right across all mankind. Sure. So therefore, you've got a plane that crashes on an island with uh, five people. <laughs> and uh, so one of them demands to be educated. How does that work out exactly? Who will do the educating? Who's responsible for that? Uh, what if the, per- the other people don't know any more than the, other, than the individual who's demanding the education? So the idea of having education be a right is to suggest that someone out there has an obligation to provide you with the stuff you want to know. Sure. Uh, or the, the educational curriculum that you're looking for. But usually when someone gives you a service or a product, you have to give them something in return. You don't just get it because right. you were born. I, I don't make uh, chimichangas all day for my health. You know, I do it because <laughs> people come into my restaurant and they pay me to do that. Now, should people be educated? Yeah. Is education good? Sure. These things are valuable. And because they're valuable, the people who do the best at providing them should be rewarded for it. So we continue with you and your thoughts here. There's more, though. Uh, Occupy your city here. Caleb is on the line listening to XM Satellite Radio. Hello, Caleb. Hey, guys. I just uh, a suggestion if you want to get the most impact out of uh, the Keen or any of these protests is to focus on one issue. Uh, but, I mean, that's, that's easy to say, difficult to do. But I think that one issue everybody can believe in from Tea Party guys to socialists to anarchists at least this go around, just focus on transparency. Because without that, they can just keep lying to you and telling you whatever. This year we'll do transparency. Next year, do global warming or social justice or whatever. But just, just let's start with transparency because if you don't know what's going on, you don't know what's going on. Yeah, I see where you're coming from there. And, of course, I'll be a skeptic uh, right out the gate. Uh, how are you going to get that? I'd just say to get the, you've got this momentum from a pretty chaotic and almost pretty much useless uh, protest overall because they have no focus. It's a bunch of people unhappy. But if you can just focus on getting the dialogue of transparency, then when it comes to voting, you know, maybe repetition, repetition, it'll sink in. It's something that has to be enforced. I, I appreciate your optimism, email email. Uh, Caleb. I appreciate the optimism, but if you look at the Obama campaign, he campaigned on transparency and then proceeded to have closed door meetings and do other things to go right back on on that promise. Here in New Hampshire, they have the so-called Right to Know Act, where you're supposed to be able to ask for any government documents, and you're supposed to be able to get them. And they they deny them left and right. Oh, sure, it's a joke. Well, do you know of any other one thing you can focus? And get mass, you know, broad appeal for. Besides, besides that, I see where you're coming from. I just, I'm a skeptic when it comes to protests. Period. I think even if they focused in on one thing, which, as you rightly pointed out, Caleb, is very difficult to attain because you've got literally thousands of people uh, around the country that are all interested in different issues. To get them all to focus on one thing very dif- is a very difficult thing to achieve in the first place. And then, secondly, what's it likely going to do? In the, even if you did get people to focus on one thing. Yep, I see your point. You guys are probably right. Caleb, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate hearing from you. I mean, I don't say that to rain on your parade. 
That's not really, that's not my intention here. I'm not saying go home and don't do the the protests. Mm-hmm. Please go out, do the protests, have fun with it. Yeah. Make si- make creative signs, wave, smile, meet meet interesting people, and then figure out what you're going to do next. Because to sit there and or to stand there and wave signs and say I want transparency or I want to you know end the Federal Reserve or whatever, the politicians are going to laugh at you, man. Right? It's not going to you're not going to get it if that's all you're going to do. Yeah, exactly. All right, more coming up here at one eight five five four fifty free. That's eight five five four five zero free. If you want transparency. You might have to withhold your money from them before, you know, you give them something. Oh, I'll give you some money if you show me transparency. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want at 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Luther. And we invite you to our website over at freetalklive.com. You can help promote Free Talk Live. Go to promote.freetalklive.com to learn how. You can do everything from get yourself a free bumper sticker for your car or truck or bicycle and or you can get uh, business cards you can download and print out uh, we've got web banners and graphics that you can use you can uh, get our font uh, that we use you can make your own graphics vectors uh, style graphics which are the, like the highest possible uh, resolution technically i guess there's not even a resolution to vectors you can just resize it as you need to hmm. uh, it's good stuff it's all there free at promote.freetalklive.com we're talking about the declaration of the occupation of New York City, not the list of demands. This is uh, what is upsetting them. And they're saying here that they've constantly, this by the way posted over at nycga.cc, I think that stands for New York City General Assembly. They have constantly outsourced labor, talking about the, uh, the evil corporations, and used that outsourcing as leverage to cut workers' health care and pay. So... Two complaints there. One, that they are giving people jobs in other parts of the world. But on the other hand, aren't a lot of these people in favor of like the one world government thing? Like to to have... I think so. I mean... The global economy. Right. Right. So on one hand, they're upset about outsourcing. On the other hand, they favor eliminating borders. Right. One human family. And I want to get rid of the idea of borders. I mean, I, I think, but I don't want a government. I, I want people to respect others as, as human beings and not use force uh, on one another. So my viewpoint only reflects a little bit of uh, some of these folks. But the other complaint is that they're using the outsourcing as leverage to cut workers' health care and pay here. So essentially complaining about competition, complaining that the workers around the world are providing a level of competition that allows the uh, companies to say, well, we're just going to move more jobs away if you don't accept these pay cuts, uh, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And of course, it should be pointed out that uh, the reason why a lot of companies move jobs overseas is because of government regulations. Right. So once again... Minimum wage, even. You know, that, that's one true. Of the, one of their demands. I mean, you raise minimum wage, it's going to be cheaper to employ people in another country well, guess what's going to happen? You're yeah, going to drive as, that, that job out of the country. As long as it's cheaper in total to drive, the, you know, to move the jobs out of the country, then that's what they're going to do because they're looking to 
to make money on uh, what it is that they're doing. And, of course, there's nothing wrong with making a profit on what you do. And, in fact, in the free marketplace, profits are limited. So a lot of these people will be upset about the, you know, the excessive profits that these corporations make. Well, remember, it's the government that protects them. They protect them from competition. They protect them uh, you know, from having upstarts and innovators come mm-hmm. into their, uh, their industry and revolutionize things. But, and that means that the costs stay up over time. But, Ian, the, uh, the free market is what caused the housing bubble to pop. <laughs> the reason why uh, booms and busts tend to happen in the economic or the so-called business cycle happens mm-hmm. is because of the government controlling the money supply. Yes. That's the reason that stuff happens. I know. I, I've been hearing that a lot lately, though. Uh, on the Occupy New Hampshire one, which is, I think, the group taking place in Manchester, I mentioned that I was for free markets and I felt that regulation... And uh, intervention and uh, zoning and stuff like that all harm business and harm the economy and, and make people And harms poor. the workers. Yeah, and makes right. people poorer. Uh, and, and people started jumping down my throat initially about that. So, Well, because they want to get – a lot of them want to just get a handout. They want the, you know, life sure, to be easy. Sure. Yeah, they want it to be easy. And it's easier to steal than it is to earn. They have influenced the courts to achieve the same rights as people with none of the culpability or responsibility. Now, that's, a, that's true. Uh, the idea that corporations are persons is just absolutely ludicrous. <laughs> Yet that's the legal end for you. Mm-hmm. They can redefine words as they see fit. Sure. Person doesn't mean what you think it means. So they have spent millions of dollars on legal teams that look for ways to get them out of contracts in regards to health insurance. They've sold our privacy as a commodity. They have used the military. Well, a lot of cases, your privacy, the, you've sold your privacy uh-huh. by giving it up. You don't get privacy by giving information to people. So if you want privacy, you have to protect it. It takes effort. Yes. Um, in this world, it is relatively difficult because we've gone so long and had our privacy invaded so much, not just by corporations, but by the governments, who then sell your information to corporations, by the way, down in Florida, and I'm sure this is the case in other places. You register for a driver's license, the state sells your information to corporations. They create, essentially, a mailing list Mm -hmm. that they sell out and make money off of. And there supposedly is a way to opt out of this, but they're not just going to put a checkbox on the license form saying yeah, that uh, you want to sure opt out. I'm sure you got to really pull teeth to get to that yeah. point. You yeah. know, I've worked for three, at this point in time, like three corporations, like bigger businesses. And each of these places where I've worked, I have felt like the employer has genuinely cared about providing good benefits and things like that. Like each job, I, I mean, I... Like I worked for a, for a restaurant franchise and I met the owners of the franchise personally many times. They were really nice guys. They were very wealthy. But, you know, I, like they, I think that they genuinely, they wanted it to be a nice place to work. So they wanted to provide. Because they know the you employees. can go across town. Exactly. And I felt the same way at my, my last job. It was a job at a bank, and this bank is open more than other banks, and one of the things that they offered in place of that is almost six weeks of paid vacation the day you start. Like, you don't have to earn that. That You know what I mean? That's so that's not a government regulation. That's the choice of the bank. Right. I was six weeks of paid vacation, and that was a huge company, and I, you know what I mean? I thought that was awesome, and I felt like they genuinely wanted to provide you know, good benefits for me, and I just started a new job a month ago and I went to this business meeting and the guy who owns the business was talking about 
um, being able to provide people with raises. And, uh, you know, it makes him feel good. He doesn't like firing people. He doesn't like closing locations down and telling people they don't have jobs. Right. The more you pay, the better the workers. Right. So there certainly are people in big corporations, I think, who have bad intentions. But I think there are a lot that have good intentions and people gloss over that. Right. To just lump them all into the same category isn't fair either. It would be like me saying that everybody at the Tea Party is the exact same belief system, or everybody at the Occupy protest is the exact same belief system. Or all free staters. Exactly. Yeah. So they have influenced the courts. We are one. We are the Borg. Sorry. uh, Let's see. So they've used the military and police force to prevent freedom of the press. They have deliberately declined to recall faulty products, endangering lives in pursuit of profit. Well, the other side of that coin is, uh, well, first of all, when the the federal government demands that a, a product be recalled, there's no saying no to it. Right, um, you you have to at the cost of an absurd level of cost. And, and in many cases, when the feds say to recall a product, you don't really need to. Like they recall a bunch of stuff that isn't really necessary to recall. Right. Oh, like Toyotas, the, the cars that they were recalling. Mm-hmm. Turns out it wasn't Toyota's fault. Uh, after in, many independent studies have shown the sticky uh, the sticky gas pedal. That's right. Not not Toyota's whose fault. fault was it? Um, I can't remember who. Uh, if if Andrew uh, two eighty told me about it, he knows more about it. Uh, Andrew, who uh, it's like a subcontractor or something like that, or um, possibly. I, I, I can't. Rem- yeah, you really should ask him. Um, maybe we can even find it. But maybe we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah it's been ruled that it wasn't Toy- Toyota wasn't liable for it. But that. who does now? Oh, right. So now after the fact, Toyota's not liable for it, but yet they've already done the recall. Yeah. They've already spent however many millions or billions of dollars doing that recall, and that's money that they're not going to just be able to wave a wand and get back. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's that's money that they've spent, and the federal government isn't going to say, "Oops, well we shouldn't have told you to recall that, so and let's just cut a check to you." And it's tarnished their reputation. They've gone from being the number one auto uh, maker in the world mm-hmm. to like fourth. Wow. Yeah. So that's the level of destruction, destructive capability that the government can have with these recalls. Yeah. Gov- um, in a, again, a free market world, buyer beware. You have different independent agencies that can test things. You can have boycotts. You can get the word out about products and companies. And then if you can put the pressure on without using the force of government, you can still hurt businesses. You look what happened to Whole Foods, for instance. I mean, they lost a lot of their customers. Now, they did gain some, on the other hand, as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, in some cases, boycotts can have a reverse effect. The Internet, I think, is a great example of, of how it can it could be. Um, eBay, for example, with their rating system, rating system yeah, is for sure. fabulous. Yeah, they've kind of screwed it up over time eBay has. Really? I haven't been on eBay in a few years, but Amazon does yeah. something similar and it's effective. More coming up here at 855-453. I think they made it so you can't rate the buyer anymore, which is nonsense. We talk about it. I've started playing a new online game. It's called Mine Things. It's a free online mining game. It's all in your browser. There's nothing to download. Your little mining robot guy can mine for you 24-7. You don't even need to be logged in. You compete with other players for resources in a capitalist economy. The virtually mined gold demonstrates the concept of sound money and is exchanged between players tax-free. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MineThings.com, use coupon code FTL, and double your mining speed. It's free. MineThings.com. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Enough time for you and your thoughts at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. And joining you this evening 
in the remaining moments, it's Ian. And Julia. And Luther. Uh, we're going to get back to the declaration of the occupation here in a little bit. We're doing a little dissecting of it. Uh, but first, let's talk to Nick in Illinois on the amp lines. Hello, Nick. Hello. Hey. As I understand it, the uh, redefinition of corporations as people came from the Citizens United decision, which regarded the problem of uh, campaign contributions where, you know, like money is free speech, which doesn't make any sense to me. Mm. I'm not entirely sure why it's an issue in the first place. Why what is an issue? Well, as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, governments can regulate their elections however they want, but like before Citizens United, what was the rule that like uh, a corporation could not run certain ads or could not spend money towards certain ads? Do you know how it worked before? I have no idea, dude. I mean, the the, <laughs> the labyrinth of laws is in completely just confusing to me. That's one thing I've always wondered because you know there are a lot of people upset at how at uh, at like it's corrupting the electoral process that now corporations can give as much money as they want. But as far as I know, it doesn't sound like there's anything unlibertarian about being able to spend as much money as you want on campaign ads to support a candidate because uh, that's well. If I that's mean, true, like, is the government just going to shut you down and prevent you from running that ad? Like walk into the office and point guns at people and say, "Don't you dare run that ad." Well, well, if that's true, then the the, the part that's not fair about it is that. Uh, that others might be restricted in in what they can spend on a campaign, for instance. They're usually like, you know, if you wanted to give to the Ron Paul campaign, you may not be able to give more, I think, than $2,000. So if if it's true that the corporations have more sway, then I can see why people would be upset about that. That makes sense. I mean, they feel as though that uh, they're not getting an equal voice in uh, in D.C., and they're absolutely right. You know, the big money people are the ones with the, the real influence. If it's direct contributions... That's a different matter. As far as I'm concerned, the the government, <clears throat> you know, the government can set up rules saying you can't accept more than such and such amount of dollars per person. I don't know how corporations uh, factor into that, though. Well, it doesn't. Again, whether we're talking about direct contributions or not, uh, corporations have more resources at their command than the average person, and so therefore, if you are a corporation, say a media corporation. Uh, like Fox News or MSNBC, you can give essentially in-kind contributions to your favorite candidates without ever registering a, a cent of a contribution to their political campaign. So I'll just have a candidate so-and-so on your television show or on your radio show, and you're essentially giving them a large campaign contribution in the form of an endorsement or even in just the free press or an interview, and there's no way to track that uh, that particular value. So corporations have ways to you know to do these things that uh, and of course many of them are granted the ability to run these businesses for instance radio licenses keep other people out of the radio business who otherwise would be able to provide a dissenting opinion mhm that's all i have to say thanks nick appreciate hearing from you so yeah i mean it's it's true corporations have uh, you know they they've got unfair advantage when it comes to an electoral situation but of course they do i mean they control politics so mm-hmm. of course they have the advantage and the fantasy that that People in power and money are somehow going to ever be evicted from politics is, 
Well, it's it's fantasy. The only way you're ever going to have real change is when you're ready to do something more than vote or chant in the streets. And I don't mean violence. I mean when you're ready to do civil disobedience or non-cooperation, stop paying taxes, don't go along to get along anymore. Then they don't have control over you anymore. But as long as you're willing to do what they tell you, it's just going to keep going. And then you're going to have to protest in another four years when you're disappointed by whoever's next. And you'll protest again. And each time a new set of uh, politicians seeking power will tell you that they're going to change it for you. And they won't. Right. I, with the Obama campaign, because they really, really rallied up a lot of young people, I think. And his message was that things were going to be different, change and hope and all that. I, when that was going on, I remember saying, you know, I wonder in four years how all the people who voted for Obama will feel when they've seen that he hasn't done anything. And I do wonder, because I know some people who personally voted for Obama and really got behind him, and now they don't really like him. But I wonder as a whole, like, what the percentage of people who voted for him and really believed in him are now dissatisfied with him. And I also wonder if they are, if they, are dissatisfied with the entire political process or if they've just picked another team member? Valid questions, if you feel like answering them. 855-453. A little bit more here from the Declaration of the Occupation, talking about some of the frustrations. That you, these... you sound like a uh, like a Baptist preacher. The Declaration of did, the Occupation. Did I read it like that? Talking about our, our nation. <laughs> of course, I don't believe in nations. Right. Um, but these people Just anything do. that rhymes with Asian. These, these people do. Uh, they have donated large sums of money to politicians who are responsible for regulating them. And, of course, what they don't understand about regulations is that not only are they in bed with the politicians, which they're, that they're correct in assessing that, mm-hmm. uh, but what they don't understand is even the regulations are proposed by the corporations. So like the new tobacco regulations that came into play within the last couple of years. Yeah. Marlboro those, and... Yeah, Obviously. It was Philip Morris that created And R.J. Reynolds. Yeah. I think the it was mostly tobacco. Philip Morris that played on that one. Really? But, uh, maybe it was Reynolds. But either way, the big players are the ones that write these regulations, like the uh, the toy regulations that are putting... Uh, they're putting small toy manufacturers out of business because they have to go and get lead testing for all of their to- for each one of their toys, whereas Mattel mm-hmm. just goes and does one test for an entire line of toys. Those regulations are supported by companies like Mattel and Hasbro because they know it puts their uh, their competitors out of business. Right. And when I try to explain this to people, they just don't grasp it. They're like, oh, well, we need the government still to stop people from this. But wait a minute. Weren't you just saying that the corporations own the government? It's, it's the, just circular it's the, logic. Right. It's the fantasy that they could somehow get in control and change it all. Mm-hmm. That they somehow, if they were able to get in control, would be able to make those changes and wouldn't be wouldn't be completely poisoned by the power. How itself. are you ever going to take control away from the lizard Jews? <laughs> Jeez. They continue to block alternate forms of energy to keep us dependent on oil. They continue to block generic forms of medicine that could save people's lives or provide relief in order to protect investments that have already turned a substantial profit. Well, of course, when they're using the the word they, they're talking about the corporations. They haven't indicted government here. Mm-hmm. Because earlier on, they were talking about how it's our government. Okay, So they're not attacking government. They're attacking corporations. But yet what they're saying here is true when you're talking about the government. They block alternative forms of energy. Well, the government subsidizes oil. The government subsidizes oil through 
providing the military to give these companies protection in the Middle East and allow them to obtain new oil fields and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And they continue to block generic forms of medicine, like maybe some uh, alternative remedies, for instance. It's the FDA that's blocking that. The FDA is blocking your ability to remedy your problems or to advertise your remedy as whatever the effects it has. understanding of why that is the case is because people who are heavily invested in the pharmaceutical industries are on the The boards of of the the FDA. FDA. But even if they weren't on the board of the FDA, even if the board of the FDA was made up by average people they put off, pulled off the street, which is, again, some political reformer's fantasy. I saw a guy on TV the other night saying he thought all the politicians should be poor people. Like, make the government as large as you want, but let all the people that are running it be poor. That's not going to change anything either. It's the power that is the problem. Because somebody will come along with money to offer you at some point. Like, you just can't keep that out. Right. There's that. And then there's also just the the mindset of, well, now I'm in charge and we're going to decide what's right. So you put a bunch of if you put a bunch of natural health people on the board of the FDA, then they cut out all the allopathic remedies and instead will, you know, make sure that the, it's the, the natural health stuff that is, is what is promoted. Only. Yeah. Right. Because they, they believe they know what's right. It all stems from the, the question that uh, will be asked of students in government classrooms. Inevitably, as you're going through kindergarten, the question of, well, class, say you're elected president, what law would you pass? The mindset of mm-hmm. this is what you do you if just you're pass in the government. more laws. Yeah. Yeah. Like we don't have enough already. So I'm going to skip by a little bit of uh, the, the remainder here where it says, We, the New York City General Assembly occupying Wall Street and Liberty Square, urge you to assert your power, exercise your right to peaceably assemble, occupy public space, create a process to address the problems we face, and generate solutions accessible to everyone. That's what I'm most interested in. I want to know what solutions come out of this, if any. Sure. Because voting uh, isn't going to change it. I know. And I, I have a hard time, you know, figuring out which side of the fence I'm on with these occupiers. Am I with them? Am I against them? I guess on some things I am and some things I'm not. For now, I'm with them. I went to the meeting last night and I'm going to see, you know, I'm gonna, I can't go to the one tomorrow night because I'm going to be here doing the show. But I know some other folks are going to go. And uh, I'm looking forward to learning more. I'm open-minded, and I'm willing to help where I can as long as the message is in the right place. So the more of us that love liberty get involved, the more likely the message will be in the right place. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. And now it's time for the Leadership Radio Minute with tips and advice on how to maximize your own leadership potential. Here's international leadership expert and New York Times bestselling author John C. Maxwell. Each person has a lid on his or her leadership potential because we are not all equally gifted. Have you done everything in your power to reach your maximum potential? The single greatest hindrance to a leader's growth is positional thinking. Anytime you think you've arrived, whether your position is the lowest or the highest in an organization, you've started to lower your expectation for yourself. You can't arrive and keep growing at the same time. Be willing to forget about titles and position. Instead, Focus on your potential. That removes barriers to your growth. Only then can you expand your leadership toward your potential and become the best leader you can be. For the Leadership Radio Minute, I'm John C. Maxwell. For more information on how to maximize your own leadership potential, please visit johnmaxwell.com. True leadership isn't a matter of having a certain job or title. 
In fact, being chosen for a position is only the first of the five levels every effective leader achieves. In his new book, The Five Levels of Leadership, leadership expert and New York Times bestselling author John C. Maxwell helps you to become more than the boss people follow only because they're required to. He gives advice on how to grow further, achieve results, and build a team that produces. The Five Levels of Leadership, the newest book from John C. Maxwell, is available wherever books are sold.